Welcome back to Primetime Kansas City. On today's episode, we are going to go over Super Bowl 58. The Chiefs are back on top of the NFL world for the third time in the past five seasons. The dynasty has been cemented here in Kansas City. Of course, joined by Josh and John for this one. Man, back to back, gentlemen. Didn't look good most of this season, but they got, they got it done. And the, the Lombardi stays in Kansas City. Yeah, um, about, what, three and a half quarters through the season? I didn't think it was really all that likely the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl. And about three and a half quarters through the Super Bowl, I didn't think it was very likely the Chiefs would win it. But they somehow did. Uh, <laughs> and I don't really even know what to think about that. It's 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 kind of fucked up. I, I'm having a great day, though, let me tell you. great A great Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I have no words to say the least. Uh, Mahomes did it. After this year, I'm convinced we can win it any year. Now, I'm not saying we're going to win it every year, but I'm convinced we can win it any year after what we just saw. Statistically, the hardest playoff uh, postseason run of all time. Yeah, I mean, this was it, – it is just unbelievable still to think that the team on Christmas Day that lost to the Raiders – just won the Super Bowl. Like, that makes no <laughs> sense. This team looked nowhere near the quality that they were come postseason time. But, I mean, sometimes it just has to bounce your way. Getting the home game against Miami when it's negative 27 wind chill. Like, just getting started like that. And then Tyler Bass sailing a field goal. And then, you know, the bounce you get at the one-yard line against it. The bounces sometimes have to go your way. In the Super Bowl, you know, bouncing off of a Niners foot on a punt, that really changed the game completely. Kansas City's offense was getting absolutely just shut down. It, it it honestly, I don't know if we said this in the group chat during the game, but honestly, like, up until the Niners fumbled the punt, it felt like the Tampa Super Bowl all over again. It was just like, I agree. we are going to, eventually the door is just going to get blown off. San Francisco's going to go on a drive or something, and it's just going to be over. Uh, it's, I really felt like it was over after the Mahomes interception to start the second half. You, you give San Francisco the ball in Kansas City territory. That, that to me, is a sequence that didn't get talked about enough uh, in the media. Yeah. It's Kansas City forcing a three and out there and getting the ball right back. Because it could have gotten really, really bad really quick there. If Kansas City surrenders seven, you're down 14 versus a defense that is flying around the field. Uh, I, I think that, to me, we're going to go over all the key situations in the game, but that to me is one that hasn't gotten enough credit. The defense forcing a three and out in that spot. Well, I think that's kind of the the reason that I, while maybe in the stress of the moment, we compared it to 55. It, it, it's fundamentally a different game just because 55, the defense really didn't put up too much of a fight, maybe a little bit in the first half, but they have that drive going into the halftime that kind of killed us. Um, but look, I mean, the defense is the thing that made me think we can stay in it, you know? We just needed one bounce, one good drive, and, I mean, we got the bounce uh, in a pretty crazy fashion. But I, until the defense, you know, just got cut through, like, you know, a hot knife or whatever, I, I was very happy with their performance early on. And, I mean, even the first 49ers touchdown wasn't exactly something that, you know, raised alarms for me. If you want to score a flea flicker touchdown – Go right ahead. Uh, 
But yeah, they they did enough to keep the Chiefs in the in the range for it. And I think one crazy thing about it too is that they didn't really start having issues until the Chiefs took their first lead of the game, and that's where the defense looked a little more penetrable than it did earlier. Um, but had they been playing like that in the first half, that interception would have hurt a lot more, wouldn't it? Because even at the time, it it just seemed like you know the thing you can lay lean on in that first part of the game is that we'd have the ball after half. And it's great that we didn't really have to pay for the mistake of not, you know, getting something out of that. No, I mean, our defense, we're going to talk about it, but our defense, we all know, played impeccable. Mahomes has a mistake, which we usually don't see in the Super Bowl, and then our defense steps up big, and what, the Niners, I think they got three from that? Uh, off the interception? Yeah. No, they got they punted. No, they went three and out. They, oh, they punted. Got nothing? Oh, I thought they got yeah, three. Yeah, pinned us down at like the two, no? no oh, they, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Chris Conley yeah. down to such Which, by the way, what the fuck was going on with that? Chris Conley was having like the game of his life. on <laughs> Downs a punt at the one. He has that nice third down conversion catch and then just trucks Richie James in punt coverage. I was like, what the absolute hell is going on right now? Yep. Yep. It was, it's the, the old friends, man. They, they come back to bite you. They, 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 that they do. But, uh, but man, I mean, like, we'll, we'll go, let's go, let's start from the beginning because, you know, we've kind of jumped ahead. I think obvious and everything obviously now will be, you know, talked about in hindsight, but I think everybody even in the moment realized how, how big that opening drive fumble was for San Francisco McCaffrey coughing it up because they were just driving down the field, just cutting through the Chiefs defense. Kansas City's run defense, it's kind of what we worried about against Baltimore is what San Francisco was doing on the opening drive where McCaffrey was just running whatever he wanted, just straight down the field. And to get that turnover there, even though the Chiefs went three and out after it, it felt like it gave Kansas City a chance to breathe. And it also got Kansas City, you know, off the field during San Francisco's scripted plays, which was huge. Yeah, yeah, scripted play. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Josh. You can have it. I was just gonna say, scripted plays had me a little worried because I, that's something I was thinking about and how the Niners were able to really march down the field. Uh, that, and I know, like you said, the, the McCaffrey fumble happened, but even after that, I feel like what scripted plays are probably the first fifteen, twenty plays, probably. And starting that second drive, I mean, is is that when they scored the touchdown? On or the no, they got a field goal. No, yeah. It, Second drive for the Niners was a field goal, if I'm not mistaken. No, 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 no. They punted right back. It was there was no Punch. score after the first quarter. It was zero zero after like that's what I'm saying. That's, like, oh yeah, they, yeah, you're right, you're right. By getting that fumble on the first possession of the game, Kansas City honestly just like got a chance to breathe. It's like if you're getting in in boxing terms, it's like if you're getting your ass kicked up against the ropes, right? And there's ten seconds left in the round. If you could just survive the round, get to your corner and kind of get some a little bit of time to regroup you just gotta survive and, th- and that's what it felt like and it, it, it also at other times in the game when the Chiefs are down 10 to 3 and they're on defense multiple times it, it's just like if you could get the ball if you get a stop just give a chance to breathe you just couldn't let them hit the knockout blow and the, the first drive to me <clears throat> was huge because I mean that Chiefs offense was putrid in the first half outside of the last drive that they end up in three points with was putrid in the first half if san francisco goes down the field and gets up early seven nothing maybe the game goes a little differently for kansas city's offense maybe there's more urgency but man it feels like in hindsight looking at that 
getting a stop there was ginormous. Yeah, well, to some degree, it feels like the Kansas City offense doesn't really start playing until they're down 10 points in a Super Bowl. Um, but also, yeah, I think I think getting the stop there was clutch. In the moment, I was really just hoping to hold them to a field goal. They they did a lot. It really wasn't too difficult for them to get you know into our, our side of the field. The first play was like a 20-yard game, and, and it was positive yardage all the way from there out. But yeah, I agree, man. That fumble definitely kind of set up the boring first half of the game. There are two fumbles in critical situations. I'm sure we'll get to the Pacheco one in a second here, but both of those definitely made this, you know, a lower scoring battle. Both teams had pretty, pretty clear cut opportunities to, you know, put points on the board. And yeah, not too often you see two fumbles in one half like that in the Super Bowl. So that definitely reshaped things from the get go. Yeah. Like you think, uh, We'll, we'll get into it now. Like, the Pacheco fumble, you're down 3 nothing at this point. You hit a bomb to McCole Hardman, and really a gifted bomb. The, yeah. One, one of the 49ers' safeties just had no idea where the football was. And McCole Hardman tracking a football in a defensive player knot is damn near a miracle. Uh, so getting that down there, and then, yeah, the first play, fumbling with Pacheco, and then just the Kelsey bumping into Reed pissed off after that. That's when I, you start to feel like, Oh shit, this thing is. Well, go ahead. Yeah. And on that, on that deep ball, I think my understanding of the safety, not getting to it was he just didn't think the ball was going there. If you, you had a head around over to Mahomes, he throws this while he's moving to his left. Yeah. So he's moving to his left. He throws it to the right. It probably since it just immediately turned into nothing, won't be talked about a ton, but it's genuinely one of the better Mahomes throws I've seen in his long list of them. It was just, it was a return to like looking at it and being like, oh yeah, I forgot that this guy is, you know, insane. It was, it was 2018, 2019 Mahomes type shit. Um, and it, it honestly kind of blows my mind that like Mahomes is still clearly capable of all that stuff. And even knowing that these, you know, kind of like, madman why would you even try these plays that he can pull off even though he's capable of them he's still evolved himself into the you know smarter take what the defense gives you quarterback and i think while there's going to be a lot of mahomes flower giving that was one thing from this game that just he kind of showed off is that he he could hit that and also just break you down piece by piece and yeah that that was just an unbelievable play uh before you know the bigger me play i was very shocked to see yeah. that we connected on a 50-yard deep ball to him. I did not have that on my bingo card. I don't think America had that on their bingo card. I think I genuinely think that might be the first deep ball they hit on, they've hit on with McColl since 2020. Like, I don't think they hit you one know, in 21 or 22, and they definitely, I didn't believe hit, it. They definitely didn't hit one this year. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I remember you, it. Hilariously, I'm pretty sure we technically did in the Chargers oh, game bullshit. the last week of the don't year. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. That doesn't <laughs> but count. I do want to point that out because watching that game, I'm not saying I had some weird feeling Michael Hardman was going to be good, but that game where he was kind of, he was one of the main guys. We had a lot of people sitting out. Rice didn't really get reps. I was kind of like, man, Michael Hardman's not, not playing horrible here. Maybe he can give us something. And obviously up until now, that thought hadn't even re-entered my mind. But now that it happened, I had to point out, Michael Hardman kind of kind of gave us a preview. We just weren't paying attention in week 18. It is just a testament. I tweeted this. It's a testament to Kansas City's culture they have right now in Reed and yep. the staff that a guy who continuously made 
mistake after mistake, fumbled twice against Baltimore, or excuse me, against Buffalo. You know, so many franchises, and it goes to MVS as well. So many coaching staff, so many franchises. Hell, we were calling for him not to see the field anymore. Would have just Mm -hmm. hunted on him, given up on him, said, you know, lost cause, right? There's something (laughs) to be said about what Kansas City has where it's like, they're still going to go to you. Even in overtime, when MVS has the atrocious seven-yard running Demarcus Robinson backwards play, the very next play they throw to MVS. It's something about the culture in Kansas City where so many other teams you're thrown in the doghouse immediately and you're given up on. And Kansas City, maybe it's just the championship culture where they just have the confidence that regardless of how bad things look, they're going to find a way. But they continue to trust these players outside of Kadarius Tony, <laughs> But outside of him, and they continue to trust these players. And, and it pays off I, for them. I think... I think you're on to something. I definitely agree. And I think a lot of that's Patrick Mahomes too. We have to, you know, levy a ton of respect. I I remember superstars in recent history that were completely okay with throwing their teammates under the bus. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Uh, just fucking say it. Yep, yep. Um, But also, but also, and this is the devil's advocate in me, it's not like the Chiefs had much of a choice to put any of these players in the doghouse. Like, what... What what is your alternative if you're gonna completely give up on Nicole or Sky Moore? What is your you're just gonna what give more targets to Marquez Valdez Scantling? Yeah. Like we're not we're not the Niners here. If if Jawan Jennings was complete garbage, Kyle Shanahan could say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna force the ball to Ayuk, you know, Debo Debo McCaffrey a little more. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I think the Chiefs were let. It's 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 double tandem because we had to keep trusting them. But we did. Like, we did a good job of it, and it paid dividends. And, yeah, I mean, it. it's weird that we lost all of these games earlier on because these guys couldn't, you know, do the simple things. It's not even like we were looking for someone to make us a big player, you know, just pull us over their back. We just needed people to, you know, catch the balls that Mahomes was putting in their hands. And thankfully, I think, yeah, the fact that we've stuck with it has, has paid dividends this playoffs because guys that – the fan base would have thrown in the dumpster have all stepped up and made plays this postseason. So that's been a fantastic thing to see. Yeah. I mean, you've got to give, uh, you've got to give MVS and McCole also the shit ton of credit yep. just for mentally yep. staying there, especially MVS, man. Like could not have been a worse regular season for the guy could not have been no. just a bigger disaster. He's like Sammy Watkins, but he was on the field. Dog yep. shit. He doesn't do shit. And then the playoffs, worse. he turns into something. He was 10 times worse than Sammy Watkins ever was in the regular season, too. Like, well, at least he was on the field. Th- but mean. there were times where it would have been better if he wasn't. Like, that's, that's how, <laughs> Fair. Bad it, how bad it Fair. is, right? And for him to just mentally just not break, come into the postseason, and just be like, you know what? <laughs> I don't care. Playoff MVS, here we go. And I mean, he did say... And that press conference, he's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I feel great. Now that was bullshit, yeah. obviously, but that pissed you, but that pissed me off at the time. But it is that type of attitude that you have to kind of have in the league yep. as a player. Is it's like, no matter how shit you've played, you have to just lie to yourself and say you're going to make the next play, and eventually you will. And look, I don't think MVS even caught a ball versus Miami. Maybe he did, but I, nothing significant. And then in Buffalo, I don't think he had a catch in the whole first half. And then 
it was like from the first play of the second half against Buffalo on, the dude came in, became a reliable option. It made no sense, but just tons of credit to MVS, man, because so many guys would have just let it get in their head and crumbled and fumbled in the moment. And MVS, man, just, you can hate on the drops all you want, but when you needed him the most, that dude was there. Yeah, I think a lot of players, and I think it's a thing at the wide receiver position a lot too, is a lot of them can be affected by the noise. And, I mean, I think we saw that with Kadarius Tony this year. He went on Instagram Live, told everybody to suck his dick. I mean, and he's been all over that. I don't think I don't think Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been affected by anything that any of us idiots have said. I, I think he showed that with his performance. There is no – the guy knows what he's about, and he showed it last year too. When he had to step up and be wide receiver one against the Bengals, he didn't he didn't falter one bit. So we owe him a ton of credit. He's stepped up and made big plays in the big moments. Hasn't been the regular season MVP by any means, but I mean shit, at this point I'm I'm prepared to say that you know he was worth every dollar up until this point. You win a Super so, Bowl with uh, if he helps you in a Super yeah. Bowl. It's the it's like Frank Clark. It, it, they're worth every penny. If they can get it done when it matters the most. They're worth yep. the money. Exactly. They are worth the yep. money. I mean, they did what they needed, and, and when the when the lights were shining the brightest, so you can't complain. Yeah, and and the, also I think the Jackson. This is just real quick ties into what you were saying about them not giving up on guys. They they called MVS's number in big spots. They mm-hmm. dialed him up for the the game winning play against the Ravens. That is amazing. The Chiefs. They they just you know it. You can't operate in an environment where a fuck up you know, makes you nervous, you're going to lose your job, right? And I think they know what they have with their players, and yeah, the trust definitely shined through. It it was definitely a great thing to see. Let's get into fourth quarter, and this is where I'm really excited to start talking, because, oof, this is where I honestly, my takeaway from this game is, well, coming into this game, my thing was like, Brock Purdy's the liability on San Francisco. And in all honesty, I kind of leave this game feeling like the San Francisco coaching staff was the liability in this game. And last week when we talked about, you know, coaching edge, and we were like, well, we give Andy the 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 edge, obviously, but Shanahan's up there. And I, I specifically said, if I have to go find the clip, I will. But I'm sure one of you remembers me saying, I would put him below a guy like Sean McVay. And you did. it showed. It just showed, man. He made one really good gutsy call, the fourth and three, that he went for. And I was like, that was impressive. That could be his moment. But, man, did I feel like Kyle Shanahan absolutely boofed. Just absolutely had a horrid end of that game. In the third quarter, giving Christian McCaffrey one carry. It's not like you're behind double digits. One carry in the whole quarter? And then the fourth in overtime is a debacle. We can get into that later. Let's talk about the fourth first. Let's get we'll get into overtime because I have a lot to say about overtime. Let's get into the fourth first. Genuinely, honestly, I leave that game really impressed with Brock Purdy. He had the ball. He fell behind three different times or was tied three different times and led the go-ahead score three different times against a Spags defense that hadn't allowed a point in the fourth quarter all postseason. Yep. Yep. I mean, I think, I think there's no way that you can come out of this and say like Brock Purdy's what costs them, right? Coming into the game, that was a big thing where, you know, I kind of felt like it was possible that that was what would shine through at the end. But 
at the end of the day, the, the reason it was such a vulnerability in my eyes is because their offensive line was pretty tattered. And when Brock Purdy encountered issues, it was usually because Chris Jones got through relatively, you know, Quick. Un, unabated, Quick. right? And you also had a couple of defensive back blitzes, you know, we know the big one, but a couple of those that also got to Purdy. But other than that, you know, it's tricky for me to criticize him. I, you're getting great value out of the money that he's making, too. So I, I don't have much, you know, negative to say about him. Do I think he's an all-time great? No. But when you look at the things Spagnola's done to the previous three teams we faced, I, I think it's a pretty good performance for Purdy. And I, the fourth quarter, it, even though, you know, he could have made a couple of plays to get them the win, it it's not really the issue when I look at it. No, I think Brock Purdy... Brock Purdy did obviously incredible. I mean, he went to he went toe to toe with Mahomes, and I mean, I'll say, I mean, our defense was insane, kind of like what we've been talking about. And I thought he lived up to the moment. So I mean, props to him. I definitely think that game showed a lot of people that Brock Purdy isn't just a game manager. No, and I think if you had that opinion before, you're you're kind of you didn't you weren't paying attention because I mean I think game manager has been equated with quarterback that gets carried by the other people that he has like I think Brock Purdy definitely there there's a bunch of teams where he's probably getting benched I I would even say but but he's not a game manager the guy has balls he tries shit uh so there's no way you can say that and I mean remember this is the guy that threw an interception in college throwing the ball backwards when he was already stacked like 25 yards behind his line of scrimmage he tries to make the big play there's no doubt about it 100% and, I mean, I left the game impressed with him. Left the game, I mean, I think more than anything, the first half impressed me a lot with Brock Purdy. Just coming out and really not being, the the, the moment wasn't too big for Purdy. And, I, and I, you know, I've seen guys like Brady early in a Super Bowl airmail some throws. It's, it's nerve-wracking mm-hmm. no matter how many times you've been there. And I thought Brock looked pretty compo- composed uh, for the most part. He looked pretty confident. Pretty, you know, and maybe that's because he felt really good about the game plan and the scripted plays. But, I mean, overall, I was impressed with Purdy. And in that fourth quarter, I mean, when he – I kept feeling like every time the Chiefs either got the lead or tied it, I was like, it, it, Purdy's going to fuck up. Purdy is going to make a mistake. They're going to force him into one. Like, he's due for one. He's just – he's gotten away with it all postseason. He's due. And he never made the mistake. I gave a lot of credit to him. But if we want to talk about the end of this game – in the fourth quarter, and that third and four, honestly, was the most nerve-wracking play of the game for me. I don't know oh, about y'all. Well, yeah, no, if they get it, they win the Super Bowl. It's over. Like, it's it's yeah. genuinely over unless Jake Moody misses that kick, which, with the way he was kicking, no chance. Uh, you know, I, he was on fire for some reason. Dude was inconsistent all season, but in the Super Bowl, the dude was great. So that third and four, I don't know if you guys remember the video. Those listening, you can go on the Primetime KC YouTube when before McDuffie played, I compared him to Jair Alexander. I, I might have been selling him a little short even. Like, this dude is yeah. fucking insane. To act like you're guarding Ayuk on that play. To I mean, he completely... I don't blame Purdy, but he completely fooled Purdy on this play. He lines up as if he's guarding Ayuk and then immediately, like, perfectly times the blitz. Gets in Purdy's face. And then before he overcommits to the point where he couldn't bat the ball down, stops on the brakes and hits the ball down. To me, like, you're never going to give him the Super Bowl MVP. But, man, if there was a guy outside of Pat that deserved it, to me, McDuffie 
was by far the most impressive player on that field. He, in single coverage, erased Debo. Like, just erased him. And then on that biggest play of the season, unbelievable. Un- unbelievable by Trent McDuffie. He's even better than I thought. And I thought he was going to be damn good. Yeah, I'll give 50-50 credit on that third and four to Trent and Steve. That's just yeah. a match made in heaven. It's <laughs> it's kind of stupid. It reminds me of some of the things we'd see the old school Patriots do. Uh like you've got the great the great quarterback on one end and the defense is making the biggest plays possible. I at this point in the game it kind of resigned myself to us losing. Also personally if we want to criticize Shanahan, I would have run it here. I don't think I would have thrown the ball on third and four. I'm running it here and I'm probably going for it on fourth down because at the end of the day giving the ball back to Mahomes up 3 is just kind of a futile exercise to me. Like up 3 with 2 minutes left. I mean if, if you want overtime, sure, but I think that was really the best you were going to get. And they almost lost the game in regulation. Yeah. I was pretty surprised that they played it the way they did. And, yeah, when I saw it just go straight shotgun, and I mean, it just works perfect. The side Purdy's looking to is where McDuffie's coming from. He's right in his face, gets the tip on it. I mean, oh, just that's just a monumental play. That's definitely the play of the game. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. Uh, that's the defining moment. And yeah, it, it, at this point when they go up 19 to 16 right there, I feel really, really good about the chiefs going on to win the game because you just, you know, you're Patrick Mahomes is going to get two drives and he's going to be perfect. And I mean, he's shown us that he's capable of doing that. I, I was absolutely thrilled. If you had told me going into that fourth quarter that we'd have the ball, with two minutes and two timeouts down 19 to 16, I would be perfectly happy with that situation. So this play was a gigantic shift in the momentum. 100%. And I honestly thought they were going to run the football, even when they were out of shotgun, because right before the play, they panned to the sideline and Debo's on the sideline. And I'm thinking to myself, no shot on the biggest play of the game on a third and four, they'd put the ball in the air without Debo on the field. So I'm thinking to myself, stack the box. Like they... This, to me, is a run, and I'm with you, John. It's like, where if, let's say McCaffrey got two yards and it's fourth and two, you're going for that, right? Go for it. You're going for it. You're running it. And I mean, we and, saw that, though. And on top of that, Kansas City's going to use a timeout if you run the football yep. on fourth and two. So not only would you make it fourth and two, Kansas City uses a timeout. If you were to convert said fourth and two, Kansas City uses their last timeout. You can genuinely kneel the clock out and then just kick the field goal. Yeah. So it's literally like you had the, like, obviously hindsight, right? Like, we can say this easily. But, I mean, man, and here's the thing. Like, even if McCaffrey runs and doesn't get a yard, or let's say he loses a yard, or it's fourth and four or fourth and five, right? And you want to kick the field goal, you still force Kansas City to use a timeout, which is huge in that yep. spot. Because, ultimately, Kansas City doesn't score a touchdown on, on the next drive. But, damn it probably becomes almost impossible if they only have one timeout versus, you know, having two. And does Kansas City even take that last end zone shot to, to Travis Kelsey if they don't have the timeout in their back pocket? You know, it, it's maybe not, you know, maybe, but maybe not. So, I, yeah, it was questionable to throw there, especially without Debo, who I would argue is your best player on the field, at least your best weapon on the field. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, huge play by the Chiefs defense. And I agree with the over the point you made to begin this segment is Spags is just fucking insane. Cause like, yeah, who, who calls corner blitz on your best corner to blitz on that play? Like you're like, 
you know what? We're not going to put our best corner in coverage on the biggest snap of the season. We're bringing him to the to the passer. And it's why he has four rings. It's why Spags has four rings. It's why he's taken down some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. It's because he's just got balls of steel in those moments. Yeah, he really only took down one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, to be fair. But oh, in the Super Bowl. In a Super Bowl. In a Super Bowl, sure. I, mean, <laughs> I, I wasn't saying Brock Purdy was one of the greatest quarterbacks no, of all time. I agree. I agree. I'm just being I'm just being facetious. I don't have any intentions of taking shit away from Spags. Um and Jackson, I gotta I gotta I gotta just say it. Do you remember last season, man? You were a oh, I you were a Spags hater. Yeah, no, no. Hand up. Nineteen twenty. Yep. Really up until this year, I was a Spags hater, but I look back and I laugh at myself for being one because I looked at our, our – I was going to say, how the fuck can you be a Spags hater? Well, okay, the defense wasn't particularly great in the past, especially last year in the Super Bowl. They really weren't great. But I look back and I, you know, realize it was not Spags because I rewatched the Niners-Chiefs first Super Bowl this, this past week or at least between the two weeks it was on NFL Network. How the fuck did we win that Super Bowl, dude? That defense was atrocious. Our starting linebackers were Reggie Ragland, Anthony Hitchens, Ben Neiman, and Damian Wilson. <laughs> what? How did we win that game? Yep. Sorensen was starting. Yep. Bashad Breland was starting. Like, not to take away from Breland, but like, it, what? And compared to what we have now, like, yeah, man, like, I was overly critical, obviously. I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong or when I was too harsh on a guy. It definitely was too harsh on Spags, man. Definitely was. Uh, this was, look... It won't get the attention of the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens or the Legion of Boom, but this was legitimately one of the best defenses of all time. Like we ju- you just fielded yeah. one of the best defenses of all time. They're the only team to have 20 games where they allow 25 points or less. Only team in NFL history to do that. So, I mean, th- th- this was... I mean, any year before this year, that third and four is getting converted and the Chiefs are just losing on a last-second field goal. It, no, yep. I 1,000% agree. It makes yep. the Tyreek trade every day it looks better for Reach. Every day that continues to be, you know, obviously wanting Mahomes is going to be his legacy, but the Tyreek trade is like your legacy is on the line with that trade. And getting Karloftis and McDuffie and, you know, other picks, I forgot who else they were able to acquire with those picks, but it, it literally... Like, this I mean, just came out too. Listen not to this. The picks. Go ahead, Josh. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I know we're talking about the defense, but, I mean, this guy does need to get some flowers. Nick Allegretti played all 79 snaps in place of Joe Tooney. He tore his UCL in the second quarter, but didn't he didn't do anything. He had a full tear, and he played every single snap after tearing it. That's that's pretty impressive. No, players that's pretty insane, damn impressive. They, they came out as well and said that Eric Armstead had, like, a torn meniscus or some, or one of, someone on San Francisco had, like, Armstead had one injury, and then there was another guy on the team that had an injury that just, I mean, unreal. With the, like, it is ridiculous what these guys play through, bro. And you would have never known it with Algaretti. Like, you literally never known it. The guy played about as good as you could have possibly asked. Um, and he's one of Veach's, in my opinion, one of Veach's underrated picks ever. Get him in the seventh round, like, five years ago, and the guy has consistently been there when you had to have a guy. Like, He's never a guy you want starting on your own line, but, I mean, God, like, is there a better plug-and-play guy at guard on a team's bench than Nick Algaretti? The guy is about as consistent as it gets. I know the Super Bowl 55 didn't go well for him, but that, that's more so because 
literally nobody on the offensive line could do a lick, a block worth of shit. Uh, huge credit to him. Glad you brought it up, Josh, because like he deserves a lot of flowers. The Chiefs, we were really worried about not having Tooney in this game, and while it wasn't a perfect Algaretti performance, he, he definitely did enough to win. Yeah, and he was the center. I think his primary position is still center. So a guy we drafted as a center, I mean, I can probably – he has to have played – started at least 20 games for us or somewhere close to that. Now, um, not even on his rookie deal anymore, I don't think. But, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, he's he's got – I think three rings. He was here last year. No, we tried to throw the ball to him or some shit. I can't even remember. It might have just been Wiley. I might be completely mixed up. Was, uh, that was Eric Fisher. We threw a touchdown well, to Fisher. Last year, we tried to throw to an O-lineman in the Super Bowl. No. I don't remember. feel like that was the play. I don't remember that. But it, it's not impossible. A lot happened in the Super Bowl last year. It, it, it's definitely possible. I remember. I'm pretty sure we had like a six zero lineman play, and we tried like we didn't actually throw the ball, but Mahomes like was looking for Algaretti and yeah. ended up just like taking a one yard sack where, or something like that. Where does this rank in your guys' Super Bowls? Which I know sounds so fucking selfish. Yeah, no, it is two. Dude. Which one's your one? Because this is two. This is two. I think last year's my one. Oh no! The first time we won the Super Bowl is my one. I think. Oh, last are you year's saying in ter- okay? Depends on if we're talking about the game itself. This is two. If we're talking in terms of like joy, this is three. That really? That's where I'm at. This would this would be like this is like the most like hard earning Super Bowl we had. Like yes, the Eagles won last year. That was an insane game. But like when you look at the first Super Bowl that we had, like I'm just like fuck. We won the Super Bowl. That was the start of something. Mm-hmm. When Barbara was the turbo yeah, attack, I, I agree. Say, and I mean, I brought. And maybe I'm being a prisoner of the moment, but I think I would put this at number one for both enjoyment and what was the other thing you said? It was enjoyment and the game. game and game. I'd probably put it number one for both. Honestly, a walk off touchdown to win the Super Bowl. I mean, we'll get into the. We're about to get into overtime. That's right? never happened before. It has happened. never happened before. It has happened, but only what? one. The, the Patriots did against Atlanta, but like. This, oh yeah, that's right. This. Like, I don't know. Like, yes, there was low scoring first half, you know, some sloppiness in the game. But to me, man, like, this game was so. Even as a neutral, this game had to be, like, fucking breathtaking in the fourth quarter. Every snap in that fourth okay. quarter was just, like, torture. Like, it honestly got to the point to where, like, thank God we won it. But, like, during it, I was like, this is, like, torture. Like, I can't watch. Like, this is. Every snap oh, yeah. made so, like, petrified to watch the screen. And. I mean, to me, one of the best Super Bowls of all time. I really think you had the two best teams in the NFL going at it. And, I mean, it just a classic finish. It was a fantastic finish. Yeah, I agree. Um, first of all, we need to make sure we actually talk about overtime because we, we haven't touched let's, on let's, that let's much. Let's go get to it right now. But but while we're here, I'm, I'm going to say that I think the game itself, man – I really like last year just because, like, Mahomes, like, on one leg was just such a crazy story. Like, it, a lot of it seemed like we had no chance to beat the Bengals just because of that. But also you have, you know, the considerations of the team from this year being, you know, having all the issues that it had. But, God, it's hard for me to compare these Super Bowls. It's like picking kids over each other. I mean, it's just amazing. It I I don't know. Uh, it's hard. Brady would always say that, ask him, what's your favorite Super Bowl? And he'd say the next one. It's kind of, yeah. it's kind of you know as selfish as it is prick is a 
you sound like a spoiled prick when you say it, but like it is. That's what I'm saying. Like I hate saying that. that but like, don't best, get me wrong. Mahomes' best Super Bowl was last year against Philadelphia. I, that is 100. percent I wouldn't debate that. Yeah, but just I think my and again, this is what two days removed from winning it. So obviously, I'm a little biased, and you know, ask me six months from now, and maybe my opinion's different. But right as we sit here today, man, like. There's just no better way to win the Super on a walk-off touchdown. Like, that is what you dream of. Like, it's literally, like, if there's, like, it's like winning the World Series on a walk-off home run. Like, could you imagine? It's like if the Royals, if Salvi hit a dong in 14 to win it. It would be. Yeah. Long. No, it would be like no, if Omar Salvi hitting a dong would have crazier. It, it, it would, would be it 100% would have been. It 100% Because, would've. like, Nicole Harden and I'm saying, like. Yeah, but let's get into overtime. No one we have to talk about overtime. I've been wanting to talk about it so bad. We get to <laughs> overtime. And I am really obviously wanting to win the toss badly because I'm like, I we want to defer so bad. It's college. Yeah. It's college yep. overtime. Yep. You want to defer. And San Francisco wins the toss. And I'm like, shit, the pressure is on because we've got to go score. And when I hear Fred Warner say he wants the ball, like I, at that point, I think I've had too much to drink that day because I'm like, what, why? Like he didn't just say Oh, that. I said, what the yeah. fuck? I was like, what? I said, what the and fuck? I immediately hopped on social media. I'm like, okay, maybe I don't understand. Maybe I'm, there's something I don't get about this. But no, everyone's like, what on earth just happened? And what makes it worse, I could, and this is where I really, this is where I'm going to kill Shanahan. I'm going to fucking light fire under his ass for this. I understand the, the sentiment where he said, we wanted the ball third, where if both teams score, we'd get it in sudden death. That's it. Yeah, that makes I sense. I disagree with it, but that's fine. If that's your sentiment and that's what you're going to live and die by, this kind of goes back to Dan Campbell, right? If, you, if you're going to live and die by the fourth downs, cool. As long as you stay true to yourself, as long as that's who you are and you have an identity. But the problem is multiple 49ers players, including guys like Kyle Juszczyk, who are veteran players who are considered, you know, considered pretty intelligent. He went to fucking Harvard. These guys that have been in the league for a while – didn't even know the rules. They thought if they went down and scored a touchdown, it was over. Eric Armstead said he learned the rules when they put it up on the Jumbotron during the coin toss. It, Carrington Harrison had a great tweet. How do you learn the rules at the same time as Ice Spice? You're in the fucking Super Bowl, man. How do you not know that? Yeah. And then Chris Jones comes out and says that the Chiefs went over overtime twice before the Super Bowl and went over it once before every playoff game. And if it was just yep. one player on the 49ers, if it was one player that didn't know the rules, let's say it was just Fred Warner and he fucked up the coin toss, that's embarrassing, And but I'm not putting it on Shanahan. The fact that multiple players didn't know the rules to this situation, didn't understand the situation, is a complete and utter joke. It's a complete and utter disaster. And... If you have two weeks to prepare for this game, there is no way you can have any player on your roster not know the situation. There's just no way you can get to that spot and not have your team prepared. It was complete and utter embarrassment. And by the way, let me just finish my point up with this. By the way, if you're San Francisco and you went down and scored a touchdown, do you think if Kansas City went down and scored a touchdown, they wouldn't have gone for two? You think Kansas City would have totally given, you think Kansas City would have given you a third possession? Like, let's be honest. You think Kansas City would have even let you get into a sudden death situation? 
To me, this really, really stains Kyle Shanahan's legacy. This was embarrassing. Everybody knew. Millions of fans, millions of football fans at home knew the rules. Millions. Before they even showed it, millions of fans understood the new overtime. How can your team not be prepared for that situation? My question is, if let's say we get the ball first, we score a touchdown. Are you going for one or two? First, I'm I'm kicking the extra point. I think you have to. Because if you if you miss the two you would assume you have to. But I just think like that is the they're not whole, gonna miss a but big. that's but that but that's my whole point of why you want the ball second. Because First, you. Yeah, it's I, I agree. I'm yeah. It's kind of a tough decision because if you go for two and you don't get it, all the other team, other team has to do is kick an extra point, and you look like a buffoon. Exactly. And if you, and if you do get it, I mean, it's still not ball game. You know, exactly. like I think kind of defeats the ball yeah. third. It makes zero sense to want the ball first in this situation, and like the other thing I just don't get is like. This isn't new. That's like yes, it's new to the NFL, but this isn't a new format. This has literally been the fucking format for college football forever. It's always been this in college football, except obviously recently in college football they've added you know the two point off. But the 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 overlying theme, the overlying premise is the same. And to it's just unbelievable to me. It's, if I'm a San Francisco fan, I am. Gutted, I am sick. This is 10 times worse than the first Super Bowl if I'm a 49ers fan. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. And the thing is, is I don't think it's like a universal rule that taking the ball is wrong. But I think in this situation, it was. And the reason that I was really excited to not to, to kick off was because Andy Reid doesn't have an option to, like, not go for it on fourth and short. There you go. Like, we should be going for it on forwards and short way more. That drive is great proof of it. I don't care where we are on the field. I mean, what we? how many times did we convert on fourth down on that drive? Once or twice? Once. Either way, once, yeah. And it was it was pretty easy, all told. You had to. Uh, yeah. I, I love that we didn't have the option of doing a pussy punt. Yep. That's the part that really loved me. Because I think to a certain degree, you could give us the ball. I can see us punting on like fourth oh. and five from the 45. Something like that, you know, and then we just go give up a field goal. I think you could have made some plays off that. But the fact that you let the Chiefs know you can't punt, punting is useless. Like, I don't think that was really a beneficial way to go about it, especially when you just look at the track record of Mahomes. The The place I watched the Super Bowl had one 49ers fan there. I did not realize that was going to happen. I would have chosen a different location had I known. And he, I was saying the Niners, I said before when they, when they were content to kick the field goal at the end and when they took the ball, I was like, they're insane for giving Mahomes the two most pivotal drives. And he was like, Mahomes hasn't really done shit in this game. And I'm like, dude, it literally does not matter. I, it doesn't matter at all if he's played like, if he, if he can't walk, if he has the two most pivotal, pivotal drives of the game, there's a very low chance he's going to make a fucking mistake. He just doesn't. He just doesn't. And this is where Patrick Mahomes is the deserving Super Bowl MVP and the reason that the Chiefs have won three in a row, the fundamental person, is that he just doesn't fuck up when he can't. If he can't fuck up, he doesn't. It's like, it's mind-blowing. I don't understand it. And you, you just can't, you can't give him the drive to win the game. If you take the ball, Mahomes has the drive to win the game. Even if you're up seven, he has the drive to win the game. I would never give him that. 
Never, 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 never. So, yep, that I agree, Jackson. It was a batshit decision. And it also kind of forces the idea that, you know, they should have taken a different approach to the third and four. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Mahomes part of it is what drives me insane. Your point, and Josh, I'm sorry, I'll let you talk in a second. But your point that the fourth and one, I honestly believe we punt if we have the football first. Fourth and yeah, one. Exa- exactly. And, 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 exactly. And honestly, honestly, I if you made me, if you had a gun to my head, I would say San Francisco would have gone for it. But it's not out of the realm of question that they would have punted the football if they were in a fourth and short. Because you are literally, if you don't get that yard and you get the ball first, you give your defense zero chance at all. The game's over. If you just kick a field goal and the game is over. It's so much pressure in that situation if you have the ball first versus what you're saying. When you have the ball second and you're behind, there's no decision to be had. You will go for it. There's there's no decision. Punting loses the game. Not converting loses the game. So there was no decision to be made, and that really just took the pressure off of everything. It's No one could ever get mad at you for going for that fourth down. You had to. So I, I honestly think that's another key factor in getting the ball second. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't know. I mean, the Niners did the right thing by – or wait. Yeah, the Niners went for it. Win. Went for it. Win. In the fourth? In OT? No, not in OT. They I don't not think – they went for it in the fourth, but they didn't go for it they in overtime. Go, they didn't go for it in fourth down in overtime. Oh, wasn't it in overtime? They had like the third and 13 yeah. and it was fucking holding. Defensive holding. Yeah, yeah. McDuffie got a hold. Which, by yeah. the way, I've seen Chiefs fans call that a bullshit call. No, that was right. It was a hold. Dude, it, it was it was more egregious than the Bradbury hold last year. Like, yes. we can't with one hand say Bradbury Oh, no, I agree. That's exactly and, what I said. Yeah. I said you can't fucking complain. But, no, I I think if we're in that scenario and it's fourth and one, I think Reed goes for it. Maybe, but – man. I've seen him do that dude, one time. We're at our we're at our own forty. If we don't get it, season's over. If we get it, the season goes on. Look, man, it like, is the Niners are going to get three points the way Jake Moody was kicking. Well, the, okay, but the the other side of that coin is if the Chiefs get the ball first and they get the touchdown, I think it's more likely that the Niners still answer with a touchdown. Yeah, like maybe the Niners could have gone for it on fourth and four instead of kicking. I mean, who knows? Like uh, yes, I think that's something that they should have thought of too. Because here, but you have to realize you're going up against Mahomes. I agree that going for the fourth and four, what were they at the nine yard line? I believe at Kansas City. Because even if you don't get it, you pin Kansas City at their own nine versus you're going to give Kansas City the ball at their twenty five. So I mean, you're it's at least sixteen yards of field position that you're dealing with, and you have the opportunity to get it. But I mean, that is that is a ballsy call if you do decide to go for it. Like you were at the end of the day. You, you can hate on San Francisco, but if they get that fourth down stop, they win the Super Bowl. And they kind of had the game yeah. right where they wanted it. Fourth and one, if you can get a stop, you win the Super Bowl. Like the, Every team would take that situation. They just didn't convert. They just didn't win. They didn't get the stop. Well, yeah, because Mahomes decided to start using his legs finally. Which uh, but, no. Is, yeah. I was just going to say, I'm glad I brought that up because I want to go now into the Mahomes offense or overtime drive. That was the best fucking drive in Mahomes' career. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was the clutchest thing he's ever fucking done. And man, yeah, even like, bigger than 13 seconds. That man had fucking balls of steel. And it didn't yep. even look like it. It looked like he was just, it was a drive in the first quarter of week five. 
it literally just looked like he was out there just fucking yeah, around. Yeah, which I was worried. I was like, I'm worried one of the guys are going to drop the ball because the, the moment's too big for them. But leading into that, McCall Hardman, insane uh, second chance, got it. I want to give you guys this stat. Players to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl and play for the Jets in the same season, Matt Snell in Super Bowl three and McCall, Hard- McCall Hardman in Super Bowl 58. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Guys, McCall Hardman's a three-time uh, Super Bowl champion. <laughs> like, it, it is funny at this point. Kadarius right? Tony has more than Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, Jackson. I hate saying it, but fuck. Yeah. McCall Kadarius Tony has I mean, more rings. A than, lot of people do. Kadarius Tony has more rings oh, than Antonio Brown, Calvin Johnson, and Julio Jones combined. So I mean, these yeah, are just stats. Zero. These are just stats. Antonio Brown has. Antonio one. Brown has a ring, buddy. He does. Oh he yeah, beat us yep. in the Super Bowl, fucking buddy. Fucking killed us. Yep, they yeah, fucking they, killed us. We don't need to bring that up, but he does have one. Um, but no, nah, man, like it, it is unbelievable. That drive was just both drives. Did I anyone? Mean, and honestly, I know we hated on the guy while he played, but that was the most Brady shit I've ever seen out of Pat. Like, there's two guys. There's three guys yeah. in the history of this league that I honestly think you feel good about in that spot, and it's Brady, Mahomes, and Montana. Where the fourth, no matter how scary it looks how clutch the drive has to be they've just got balls of steel they're like, they don't give a shit they're going out there and they're not gonna get to they're gonna go score the football you know it and as an opposing fan it's miserable being on the other side of that you're when we face brady in the playoffs especially the 19 afc title game you're like motherfucker <laughs> like there's nothing we can do you know he's gonna go down and score and say i guarantee you san francisco fans knew it they knew he was gonna go down the field and score both to, at the end of regulation and at the end of overtime. They knew it. They knew it was going to happen, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's just a slow, painful death. But, man, I mean, one of, if not the clutchest drives in NFL history. I mean, just going down there, especially after getting put in second and 14 after MVS's Demarcus Robinson weird-ass mistake that he made. Uh, I, Demarcus Robinson had to possess MVS for, like, five seconds there. But... Still, I mean, just that third and six, all-out blitz, getting it to Rice over the middle, and then just third and one, using your legs to get it into – it's just the whole thing, man. It was – honestly, I've only watched football since about 08, 07. I think the first year I watched football was the year that the perfect Patriots lost to the Giants. In my life, oh, yeah. that's the clutchest drive I've ever seen. It, it's just – it's hard to put another drive up there. And this – and I agree with John, where this beats 13 seconds – because this is for the damn Super Bowl. This is, you've got to go down the field and score to win the damn Super Bowl. 13 seconds was kind of like the defense had just absolutely failed Mahomes and the Chiefs offense that game. It, no one even expected it to happen. No one would have criticized the Chiefs if they didn't go down in 13 seconds and score. This was all-time clutch, back against the wall, legacy on the line. And was there a doubt he was going to come through? Was there a doubt? If the Chiefs didn't score yep. on that drive, it was going to be somebody else's fault. It wasn't going to be Pat. Well, I'll tell you one thing that these two drives have in common between Sean McDermott and Steve Wilkes. They should both be fucking fired for playing prevent defense. Never, 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 never. I can't remember if it was in the fourth quarter or overtime, but there was like a second and 13, and before the play, Tony Romo literally goes, he can get half of it back it's right the there, MBS one. and it's they the just play. gave us half the yards. It's the play right Why? after MBS ran backwards. They got half yeah. of it back to MBS, yep. Yeah. Why? Why, why, why would you let that happen? That That is probably the biggest coaching blunder of the game, in my opinion. Try to stop them. 
Stop him. And you know what? If you get beat over the top for an 80-yard bomb, then fucking so be it. Like, I've seen too many teams lose because they're just they're just giving little steam routes repeatedly. And it's like, dude, you just you can't do that. You can't do it. And that that blew my mind. That that really did. But it's not anything to take away from Mahomes. I, I think one thing I love about this drive too is we got like everybody contributed. LC made a huge play to bring it first and goal. Turned like a three-yard gain into a first down mm-hmm. on first and ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pacheco had a couple of solid runs once we got into their side of the field. I mean, it was just it was just beautiful. It was just beautiful. And as much as it was like I was nervous at the time, I pretty much could say I knew in my head like we are going to score a touchdown here. Like John, me, it's just gonna happen. Though. Let me tell you this, and you might disagree with this, and that's fine. But so back to back plays, right? The first play they play prevent, right? I think it's more idiotic that they all out blitzed on third and six. Like, just... Yeah. Where have you watched a lick of film? Robo says it while the play happens. He goes, they're... He goes, they shouldn't have done that. He goes, they're going to come out. He said, they're going to go out. And he goes, oh, they shouldn't have done that. And like, right before Mahomes hits Rice over the middle. Have you learned nothing? And honestly, I, I thought Steve Wilkes <laughs> came out with a really good game plan. I thought Steve Wilkes came out really had that defense sharp and ready to go but it's kind of the same thing that happened to Jonathan Gannon a year ago where in the second half you you have this defensive coordinator who's called this great game up until that point who's you know had this great season up until that point and it's like Mahomes just like takes the first few quarters to compute what you're doing and then in the fourth in overtime he just puts it all together and (laughs) uses it against you and I mean it's it's hard to, you know, say a defensive coordinator should be fired because Mahomes did what Mahomes did to them. That's just what Pat does. But yeah, man, the back-to-back horrendous defensive calls. The, the, the. If anything, you should have all out blitzed on third, on second and fourteen, force them to get the ball out really quick, make a quick decision, uh, and then on third and six, you know, play a little more yeah. off, make Mahomes, you know, find somewhere in the zone. I to me, man, this game literally. I mean, obviously, Pat is obviously the the guy right but this game the Chiefs coaching staff ran laps around the 49ers coaching staff that's what it really came down to for me outside of Pat yep Yep. I think uh I kind of want to talk about prop bets did anyone have any prop bets great uh uh not grape uh purple that's what I meant purple hit oh you you did bet purple Purple from your uh look I told y'all second year in a row I told y'all you also had insider trading. committed a crime. Jackson committed yeah. a crime, everybody. Insider trading. I did not yeah. commit a crime. I did not commit a crime in the We're slightest. We're not going to say we can't say anything, but Jackson's an insider trader. I'm well, not. whoever that equipment manager is, he committed a crime. Well, there goes that. Yeah. I, All right. I genuinely don't know, though, because this I was not in contact with anybody within the Chiefs organization. That's a fact. This yeah. is a fact. That's uh, a fact. Yeah. I mean, you, you texted me that like two, two hours before kickoff. No, I'm I was pretty sure I texted days push. before kickoff. I'm pretty sure I got that information to you guys like a couple yeah, days Yeah, you spent that on like Thursday or Friday. Yeah, I was like, look, I know you're not going to believe me, but I can 100% tell you. it's gonna. Oh, be- that's exactly what it was. When you said, I know you're not going to believe me, I'm like, yeah, fuck no, I'm not going to believe you. Hey. Uh, No, I hit the awesome. over in the anthem. That was awesome. That was crazy because she held that last note for so fucking long. But she said brave twice and some sports books – Ended it after she said the first break. And that made it the under hit. My my over hit. And then I had Mahomes' rushing yards, so that hit. 
I hit the one I hit that I thank God, honestly, that it went to overtime because I would not have hit is both teams to go for a fourth down plus one hundred. I did hit that. I thought that shit was like plus one seventy when we did it. I, but by the time I bet it, it was only plus one hundred. Unfortunately, I didn't get my bet until Damn. Saturday. But uh, then after the Super Bowl, I had the best fucking luck of all time. I went to the casino. I put $3 on for the three Super Bowl rings Mahomes has got us on 15, and that shit hit. There you go. That's, that's a 15. Shit was insane. 15's a lucky number, I guess. But yeah, man. What, what 15 is now my lucky number. Unbelievable Super Bowl. Unbelievable season. A hand up. Never in a million years would have thought they could do this. I said it so many times throughout the nope. season. Really, I was on board until the Miami game, and then I kind of stayed on board until the Raiders game, and then I gave completely up. After that, we all gave up after the Raiders. We all then it just, you know, I won't do it again. I will not do it again unless they're mathematically eliminated. I, as long as they have Pat and Andy, I will not do it again. Learned my lesson this year. I've got a question. Yeah. It might be sacrilegious for me to even imply this, but I want to know what y'all think. Mm -hmm. All right. I, I mean, we watched all four of these games, this whole playoffs. Yes. Is it possible? That Patrick Mahomes has a horseshoe shoved up his ass? Boy, I hope. I really hope. <laughs> I really, really, really hope he's the next Brady who just has the horseshoe stuck up his ass. I was really nervous it was going to be Burrow. I got really nervous for a second it was about to be him after the comeback he had in the AFC title game. And then, I, thank God he lost the Super Bowl. And then, and then honestly, I kind of started to get a little nervous it was going to be Purdy. Just because of the way that NFC Championship game went, where it bounces off a Lions, you know, the way this postseason had gone. But maybe it is Pat, you know? And maybe, you know, we've got the horseshoe up his ass in Pat, and you've got the all-time unluckiness of Rodgers with Josh Allen and Lamar with Drew Brees. Maybe you have, you know, they're the two guys who just have the most unlucky, you know, unfortunate results in the postseason. And if that's the case... Let's go. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in on that. Yeah. Um, I, look, maybe this is some revisionism here. I got to say, this Super Bowl was very uh, – this whole run was very Brady-like, right? Like, the Chiefs, Mahomes stepped up the big place. He always made them. Didn't shoot the team in the foot, and the defense was strong, right? So, look, that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the Brady method. I think um, the most – I mean, we've kind of – I think the most we've kind of criticized Brady for not being. I think there was two yeah. huge Brady moments that happened this postseason for the Chiefs. Yeah, what? Luck, oh, for the Chiefs was the missed kick against but, but Tyler Bass just sending that shit. Yes, completely agreed. right. Mm -hmm. And then the Chiefs not allowing any points off Mahomes' pick in the Super Bowl. Those two were like the most like. And the muffed punt off a guy's like. Yeah, field. that's actually the most. Super but you Bowl, think about or it, Tom Brady thing. There were times where my main thing is like. A lot of times when a quarterback throws a pick, they pay for it. And in Brady's career, for some reason, he just would always find it. The, the Patriots would always find a way to make up for it. Like, I'll never forget for as long as I live that pick he threw against the Chargers in the playoffs that the Chargers literally fumbled the interception on the return. And New England got better field position off of a Brady pick. Like that, And it's like, did the Chiefs get that quite that lucky? No, but just the, you know... You're talking if it's Rodgers, Breeze, Josh Allen, and they throw that pick that Mahomes did, it's ending in seven for, for the other team, man. And it's just like, 
I'm, I'm all in if these are the breaks we're going to catch. We're nowhere near the Tom Brady breaks yet. We're not getting interceptions at the one-yard line to win the Super Bowl. But, man, I mean, look, I mean, the football gods were on the Chiefs' side for a lot of this postseason. Outside of the McCole Hardman fumble at the one-yard line, there really wasn't a moment that the Chiefs, the football gods, hated Kansas City. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. I, I have to go, gentlemen, but I know you guys are going to talk about it. The Royal Stadium is fucking dope as fuck. Yeah, we will be getting into that. And, so uh, that's my take on it, and uh, let's have a let's have a party tomorrow. Who's your D four? Well, of the week? today, who's my D four of the week is Kyle Shanahan yeah. because he's a dipshit. Knew someone would take it. It's gonna be mine. Uh, knew somebody was gonna take it. Off yeah. The oh no, my D four of the week is uh, Kanye. His commercial. <laughs> that shit was too funny. Uh, I don't. That's did you guys. You, that's that? what Kanye's the D four of the week is. Yeah, there's a lot more reasons to give Kanye a D four of the week, but we. Can, oh, okay. If it's political, if it's political, then it's. I'm it's back not to political. It's not really political. He's, oh. just, he's just very anti-Semitic, but that's you know that's not really mm. politics. Um, that yeah, I don't really follow. I, I don't follow pop culture, and his, but and his uh, most recent I, I, album is terrible. But. Oh no, no. Yeah, I have a, I have a new I have a new D four of the week. Holy shit! Three four of the week. Uh, the grass for uh. Greenlaw. Oh yeah, that was trash. That sucked. That sucked. That yeah, was like that's truly deep board. Like that just that rip, that would that rip injury, my heart. That was genuinely. Like, I remember when we changed broke, the game when we broke down linebackers last week, and we were like, "Yeah, San Francisco's got a huge edge." Literally flipped the edge to Kansas City because Oren Burks came in. Let me tell you something about Oren Burks. He was a Packer, so I know firsthand how shit this guy is. <laughs> Gave up nine pissing catch, eight catches. Excuse me. After coming in for Dre Greenlaw, targeted eight times, like that changed everything in that game, and it's it's shitty, man. Like that is just shitty for Dre Greenlaw. I feel terrible for him. One of the most bizarre, yep. if not the most bizarre, injuries of all time, uh, especially in a all right. Well, boys, uh, next time I talk to you on this podcast, we are going to be in the dog days of podcasting. We will. Dog days of podcasting is from February fourteenth to March like tenth. Because that's when March Madness starts up. And then we have MLB. But, all right. I'll catch you boys later. All right, Josh is leaving the show for today. But me and me and John are still kicking it strong. And we do have a little bit left to talk about. Uh, not going to keep the show going on for too much longer. But we do have some more stuff that we need to hit on. Okay. Before. I did just want to point out. Is, is Kanye West's newest album, like, probably the, like, relative to standard worst album you've ever heard? The worst album I've ever heard? Yeah, relative to the standard. Um, no, it is not the worst album I've ever heard. That I to to this day, I don't think I've listened to an album I hate more than "The Big Day" by Chance the Rapper. Uh, might be. <laughs> <the worst. laughs> okay, like, yeah, I forgot about and that. And that's one. like saying like Kanye is like saying some of the most bold, like horrendous, fucked up, immoral things, and I would still rather listen to it than "The Big Day." Is how poorly I think Man. of that album. And then I mean, uh, even on top of all that shit, man, it, it's just a shitty fucking album. Oh, it is. No, it, it is. And it, is. it doesn't sound finished at all. Uh, but we're not we're not a music podcast, so we'll we'll leave it at that. But yeah, that was uh, it was a disappointment. But I wasn't expecting a ton. I'll be completely honest. Uh, yeah, so let's well, go 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 go. Yeah, yeah. I dig like carnival. <laughs> um, yeah, there was not many high points on that album. Uh, but it, there there was there was you know. There was more musical highs than there were on the big day, which isn't saying a lot, but there was. Um, that, no at least it. doesn't take the bottom spot. Respect. It, it's it's probably like bottom one percent of albums I've ever listened to, but not not the worst. Not the worst. There's definitely like Tom McDonald and like uh, 
all those other MAGA rappers are definitely worse. Uh, but okay, you know. yeah, that's why I said to the standard, like you know, if you're listening to them, you just hate your ears. Yeah, like, 100. It, it's like Ben Shapiro. If you want to listen to that, go ahead. But uh, it's better than yeah. that. Uh, it's better than that. We'll keep it at that. Um, but no, let's get into <laughs> let's let's move on to the Royals' new stadium. Obviously, gets proposed today uh, in the Crossroads District. Uh, obviously, we don't have a visual we can show you right now, but just from the pictures that were shown in the proposal today, it'd be right outside of T-Mobile Center, right right next to it. I Was it to the east or west of it? Do you remember, John? Man, I mean, I don't you want me to give you directions? I've got no fuck. <laughs> I don't remember, but it, it looked cool. Um, I, I don't know if Royals Park is what they're actually planning on calling it, or if that's tentative. I hope they come up with a cooler name than that, because that kind of blows. But uh, what do you think about the proposal, John? The uh, the actual look of the stadium and, of course, the location. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, look, I think it's been pretty well known on this podcast that I'm not the biggest fan of the downtown stadium project. Um, I've just kind of run out of energy to give a shit about it. Um, it is what it is. I personally love Kauffman Stadium. I think it's pretty stupid to get rid of it. Um, I I think that in general... The regular, before we become a political podcast, I think in general, the taxpayer paying for sports stadium is 100% of the time the wrong investment, especially when it's a, a team that's really offered little to no value to the city like the Royals. Um, but on the flip side of this, I think this, uh, the stadium looks fine. It, I don't think it's like cool at all. I'm really not a fan of modern stadiums. I think they're all just cookie cutter. Like, I think the Jerry Dome is shit. I don't really care for the Falcon Stadium, um, that type of stuff. But, I mean, it looks sleek and nice. And at the end of the day, um, I guess, I guess, I'm glad that the Royals are still in Kansas City. Um, I don't know, man. I really don't care. I think once the stadium gets built, I don't have, I won't have too much passion for the Royals unless they're cold. Um, I, I grew up at Kauffman stadium. I don't see the big problem with the stadium. I think it's beautiful. I think it fits the aura of the team a lot. So I don't understand why we need to pay a billion dollars for a new one, but I, obviously my opinion doesn't matter. So I'm interested. I mean, like I would still like, I still feel like it's, they owe it to pay homage and keep the name Kauffman. Like I, I get to different stadium, but like, it kind of feels wrong not to have the stadium named after Ewing Kaufman. It just doesn't feel right. It, it just like he is Mr. Royal. Like yeah, it, it just feels weird. And I know that you know other stadiums are not named like Arrowhead's obviously not named after a player, or uh, a lot of stadiums today are named after brands and not players. But that's kind of what's cool about Kaufman Stadium is it's named after Ewing Kaufman and the the you know the family that kind of started it all here in Kansas City for our baseball team. We'll say the one thing that I kind of have a gripe with, and I think we've talked about this before on the show, is why are they getting rid of Crown Vision, man? I love Crown Vision. Like, that is one of the coolest things they ever added. It is It kicks ass compared to, what What year did they renovate Kaufman? Like, 2010, 2011, 2009, somewhere around there? I remember, remember that. Yeah, 2011, 10, I think. scoreboard they had in left field before? The, the really vanilla-ass yeah. scoreboard they had in left. And then when they added Crown Center, or Crown Vision, that shit kicks ass. It still kicks ass. I love that thing. It's like a perfect scoreboard. Like it just the the it looks so cool. And this proposal, not that the new Jumbotron or the new scoreboard looks terrible, but 
I just don't think it lives up to what we have right now. And like, look, at the end of the day, it's a stadium. You know, it is what it is. And I'm with you. Like the biggest, the biggest part of this is that they're staying in Kansas City. But I, I like, I like where they're at right now. I feel like I'm in the minority there. But like, I like driving out there. It's not a pain in the ass to get, for, you know, to a Royals game and leave a Royals game right now, as where, you know, if and it will be. Oh, Let me tell God. you, when they move here, yeah, you better be out of that stadium by the sixth inning, or you're not getting home till one a.m. So I I don't know what the parking situation they are planning on for this thing. It's going to be fucked. The stadium itself looks cool. Like, it really does look cool. Like, I actually like the design that they have. It looks sick. Uh, but, yeah, that that is going to be an interesting aspect of it. And also just like, look, I get it. I'm 22. I'm kind of young. So I'm kind of in the demographic that likes to get there early in the parking lot and tailgate and make some food and drink some with the with the boys. And, you know, maybe when I'm, like, 40, I won't feel the same way. But, like, that's what's kind of cool about the Royals stadium. Is like, not a lot of baseball teams do tailgating. And the Royals do. And, like, when they're dog shit like they have been the last six years, I go to the games, like, three hours early with the guys. And we just chill in the parking lot and hang out. And, you know, that's kind of what the cool aesthetic of is it. And I know people are like, well, it's in a terrible spot. There's nothing surrounding it. But, man... I've always kind of thought it's cool. I've always liked it. I'm not going to be a boomer and, you know, say I'm not supporting the team anymore if they go to a new stadium. But, you know, I I, I kind of agree with you on the fact that they don't really need to do this, but it's happening. Like it's At the end of the day, it is happening, and it's better to just accept it and move forward with it than try and fight it because it is going to happen. Yeah. Look, just for me to end where my streak of it pisses me off is the <laughs> – Every all of us paying for this stadium is solely to benefit John Sherman. We get no benefit out of it whatsoever. That that's the part that annoys me. If you could present to me a tangible way that this stadium is better for the fans of the Royals and the people of Kansas City, then we can have a conversation about it. But the reality is, man, I mean it just it, 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 I, can you name a way that it actually helps us? Like I don't see how Maybe the only thing is that Sherman, I guarantee, would threaten to leave if we didn't build a new one. Like My, yeah. an, another thing that I think about with this is, what do they do with the space that Kaufman's going to have? Then, like, do you? My take- understanding is that the Chiefs like are very happy for Kaufman to be removed, and then the Chiefs can either like completely redo Arrowhead or heavily renovate it. I was thinking like you put like a. I get it's in Raytown, so it's like not the best place to do this but like putting like a little bit of an entertainment district where Kaufman was uh, or yeah something there I wouldn't hate that I guess but like yeah like I hope the Chiefs stay where they're at the Arrowhead's in a good spot I, I, I think Kaufman's in a good spot but obviously that's we're, we're past that bridge um yeah yep. man like uh, it, look it's not going to be done for what like at the earliest this shit's done in like five years four years three years I mean, yeah what, what do you think Three years, the absolutely. My yeah, my understanding is like 2028, 2029. So you're talk, we're talking four. I years. I feel like the Clippers was like five years, and they had to do a bunch of zoning shit and all this. I don't know how different you know building a. I'm sure a baseball stadium is a little bit more of an undertaking than a basketball arena, but you know I think I think most of it is red tape. So yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's, it isn't the worst thing in the world. It, it'll be cool to have a new stadium. I mean, it ensures you're going to get an all-star game, which I guess is nice. You know, we'll, we'll have an all-star game. Yep. And we're kind of, by the time this thing's by the time this thing's built, we'll be due to have an all-star game. What, it'll be like, 
uh, eight, it'll have been 16 to 17 20, years, 16, 17 years, 16 yeah. to anywhere between 16 to 20 years since we've had one by the time oh, this no. thing's fully done. Um, and yeah, I mean, so that's cool. Um, that's kind of the only reason we got the all-star game back in 2012 to begin with. Uh, so yeah, no, it, it'll be, it, I, you know, I guess in that aspect, it's cool. Uh, yeah, man, I, again, we've kind of all been in the same mindset though. We don't really give a shit about the new stadium. Uh, we just yeah. want to see them win <laughs> and you know, if they yeah. can start winning, then, you know, having a new stadium would kick ass. Like imagine they open the stadium in 2028 and in 2027, they are like, they go on like a really good run and then you open the year in a new stadium, you know, looking to get back. That, that'd be sick. That would be a, that's obviously the timeline we're hoping for. Yeah. I mean, look, obviously winning changes everything like that. If the Royals are shit for the next five years, and I think John Sherman's acutely aware of this, the reception's going to be a lot different than it will be if they improve the on the field product. But once again, it just feels like it doesn't even matter what we think like it's happening. So, yep. 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 No, it is. It is hundred percent going to happen. Uh, and it's no, it's no surprise, and it's no coincidence that they announced this right after extending Bobby. It's just not, not a coincidence. Oh, absolutely not. That's yeah. Way they no. The, they knew that the strike while the iron's hot, you know, and you give it to them because they're not going to have an opportunity very often to strike while the iron's hot during the season. So they're going to have to do it now uh, during the off season. But uh, yeah, no, it's it, at the end of the day, it looks cool, but it's not something that's really going to be implemented or something we really need to even talk about for another couple of years. Uh, so does it get voted on? Do you know if it gets voted on in April? Is that when this thing would get voted on? I have no idea. I have very honestly have intentionally avoided any of the government circle jerk like that's been going on around this. Because we don't. Yeah. None of us live in Jackson County, so I don't think we'll even vote on it. Yeah, we won't. I think we won't even have the choice to vote on this thing. But yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, It's an interesting thing. Um, Yeah. Obviously, though, the, the focus right now is uh, pitchers and catchers reported today, and they're getting ready for spring training, and hopefully the Royals aren't a complete embarrassment again this year. Uh-oh. What? Lost you. Sorry. Oh, you lost me? I don't know what you said. Something about the catchers reporting? Oh, yeah. Pitchers and catchers reported today, and uh, hopefully... Oh, shit. That the, was the day. The, the Royals aren't an embarrassment. This year, that's 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 the, the the near sided thing we have to worry about. Yeah, yeah. Please don't be embarrassing, because uh, it's getting it exhausting. Anymore. Can't take it anymore, bro. I just yeah. cannot take it. Anymore. You don't have to be good. The Chiefs can handle the being good. Yeah, you just got to be average. Just go be average. That's all I need. We are like stuck in where like we can't have two teams do good at the same time, and it goes to Mizzou as well. It's like. If our football's yeah, ass, our that, basketball's well, good. If our football's, you know, it's always, it's just vice versa. One sport has to always be good. One sport always has to be shit. And, we, you know, we that one year. I think one, it's possible the basketball's just going to be terminally bad. <laughs> I don't I don't even, yeah, with the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to talk about it. We'll, we'll have exactly. plenty and, of episodes going forward. Say, man, there's no better gift for the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl than the fact that Mizzou doesn't have a midweek game this week. Oh, my God. I Let's watched, go. I've watched the uh, this is all I'll say. I've watched the Mississippi State game, which was the first game I've actually sat down and watched the entire game in a while. 
It's worse than I thought it was. I'll say that. I hadn't watched a game in like a couple weeks, and yeah, it's it's really, really, really piss poor bad. Yeah, I I personally, it's not the worst thing in the world now because if you want an example of Vegas not knowing shit, look at the way they set the lines from. Oh my god! I mean, these have all been tweeted it out on. I'm just printing money. I tweeted it out on the account that the the in the 11 game losing streak. That the that the uh, Mizzou's covered once. They're one and ten against the spread in this eleven game losing streak. So Vegas clearly has no idea what the hell they're doing with this team. Every time I see them within yeah. single digits, as a every time they're a single digit dog or hell, even when they make a stupid decision to make us a favorite, I'm like, yep, smash, smash the other side. It's it just obvious. Yeah. It sucks, bro. It's like, how do they go from being good to going being this bad so fast? It's like. There's no, like, I had no idea that, I knew Kobe was good, but I had no idea that guys like DeAndre Golston and Demoy Hodge meant this much to the program, because this is bad. Oh, yeah. They're all garbage. And, man, they they can't make a little adjustment to help themselves either. The, uh, it's, a, it's an entire systematic failure. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, though. I might have to quit sports gambling after this, because between... The way they set Mizzou lines and them Vegas making Mizzou, or the Chiefs underdogs every week, I don't think Vegas is ever going to be giving away money to me like it is right now, man. Like yeah. they are making it too easy, too fucking easy. I'm telling you. Like <laughs> I've I've been very confused by what they've been on recently. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into D four of the week then, and try not to say Mizzou because I don't really want to even have to hear about it anymore. Who's your D four of the week? Yeah. Shit, man, I'm going to go with the people that, okay, holy shit. I'm going to preface this by saying I'm the D4 of the week for, like, having read these comment sections. But have you seen the corner of the internet that is basically saying that, like, Taylor Swift needs to break up with Travis Kelsey because of the Andy Reid incident? Oh, my God. You people have never played football. I And I haven't either. But I've played sports, and I can tell you, man – like, I'm not saying Travis Kelsey shouldn't be, like, somewhat criticized for that. Like, it was a bad look. Don't get me wrong. But Andy Reid said it himself. It clearly wasn't a big deal. He didn't get benched. People said he should have been benched. I'm like, yeah, that would have ended great for the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Sports are an incredibly emotionally testing experience. Um, and getting into someone's face and yelling at them at sports is entirely different than doing it. In the real world, that's at least my take on it. Maybe I'm a fucking demon for thinking that. This is what these people would have you have you told. But yeah, it's it's insane. Y'all people suck. The internet's garbage. Um, I'm assuming most of these people just hate the Chiefs, though. Like yeah, that's what I think it boils down to. And like, so I saw one tweet that I was like, if someone, if Kelsey did that to Belichick, Belichick would have benched him just to prove a point and fucking lose. Which I thought was funny. No, Belichick would, would I bet you, I would disagree with that. Belichick would have been like, nope, 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 nope. You're staying in the game. We're going to act like nothing happened. Well, no, Belichick, He's it goes not... back to when he benched Malcolm Butler. And I forgot exactly why he benched Malcolm Butler in that Super Bowl. But he, Yeah, he but wasn't a... Malcolm Butler also like low-key hurt? No, it was just like Butler, like, I don't know, like did something happen at practice and he didn't tell Butler he wasn't playing until like an hour before kickoff. He's like, yeah, you're not going in the game. It was like the most petty shit ever. Uh, but yeah, uh, the good dumbasses, just absolute dumbasses, man. I've seen 
eighth grade football get more passionate and physical and violent than what Travis Kelsey did. He was pissed. And I mean, there's not really two people closer in the league than Kelsey and Reed. Like it's a little concerning and it was a little over the line, but look, it's, it's for the Super Bowl, man. I'd rather have a guy be that passionate than have a Jay Cutler who just doesn't give a shit win or lose. Who's just like, eh, you know, we, we, we tried, you know, I like, yep. I, you got to have that passion. That's what wins Super Bowls. Yep, exactly, exactly. And it wasn't a selfish thing either. It was just, he wanted to be in the game, man. He wanted to He wanted to leave his mark. That's what you should want your players to be like. Obviously, the execution wasn't wasn't ideal, the, the way it was shown. But, man, I mean, if you've actually followed Travis Kelsey recently, you can't tell me you think he's a domestic abuser or whatever the fuck. Like, clearly a... In my opinion, clearly a stand-up human being. So, my D four of the week is going to be kind of a funny one, but fuck him, I'm going to do it anyway. Apple Podcasts uh, posts before the Super Bowl, all these Chiefs podcasts you can listen. Oh, to. Oh yeah, <laughs> and doesn't include us. Um, excuse me, we've been, going, we've been going longer than a lot of those podcasts that have uh, that you put in those. This is our started in December of eighteen. This is now. January or oh shit, it's February, February of 24, excuse me. So, uh, give us a little bit of respect. All right. And, uh, to anyone who listens to us, appreciate it. Um, because apparently, apparently Apple podcast doesn't want to give us our shine. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if Spotify posted nope. anything about chiefs podcasts, but I'm assuming they snubbed us too. If they did, uh, yep. It just eventually, you know, when Mahomes is in his like eighth or ninth Super Bowl, maybe they'll post us. Maybe they'll be like, you can listen to this podcast before. And I'm, in my 30s and I have my kid crying in the background but I'm making sure I get an episode out because that because I'm just that determined for the podcast John I'm just I'm that just so much effort goes into this yep yep they fucked us and I'm the one that pointed this out I clicked on it and I was like oh Apple oh and I, quote, Android. and I quote tweeted it and I linked our podcast shamelessly because the people need to hear the podcast uh before we go I, I don't know if, have you looked at the Twitter at all since the Super Bowl it's been a I mean, I haven't, like, intentionally looked at it. Why? I'm just going to read off some of the bookmarks I kept throughout this season of other people from other fan bases talking shit on the Chiefs. Because it is uh, it is fun. Specifically after we lost to Denver. I tweeted in the comments, because this is when I tweeted. <laughs> you remember my tweet, NFL loves the Chiefs, and it went, like, viral. It was, like, because MVS got, like, grabbed. And I was, like, pointing out how it was bullshit that the Chiefs... It got 1.6 million views. In the comments, I said... Those Broncos fans were coming at me on uh, October 29th, 2023 at 6.51 p.m. I tweeted, enjoy your Super Bowl. We'll get ours in February. Here are some of the comments that I received to that. No, you won't with laughing faces. I responded to them and I said, update. You w- this is what they said back. It's such a loser talk. Pretty effing pathetic and sad. You saved it since October. Guess I've been living rent-free since then. Dumbass. If you're going to come at me with a take that we won't win the Super Bowl. When when am I supposed to come back and t- laugh in your face? This was the earliest possible time to do it. Also, another guy said <laughs> that there was a I promise you won't. I said you broke your promise. We got blocked. <laughs> Not with this team you won't, LMAO. Bengals got it. Oh do they? Got blocked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's people are so annoying, bro. It's like, look, I kept tabs, I kept tabs on these people, and uh, not to say that I was always on board, but yeah, this is if you can't handle being wrong, can't handle being wrong, man. 
Don't come on Twitter with the takes. I hate it. I hate, at least if you're going to be an uptight dumbass and you're going to come at me, you're going to come at us and make, you know, talk shit on the Chiefs. At least own it whenever you lose it, man. That's that's what I'll say. And the bookmarks will continue all offseason. Trust that. Bookmarks are the best thing Twitter ever invented, bro. Because I used to have to like shit to keep tabs on it. And it was like, by the time that we won the Super Bowl, it was impossible to go find it. But yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, yep. these people, uh, they, they just don't understand, man. They just got to live with it. They're just dumb. It's amazing. It really is amazing. <laughs> it is so great that we are the new Patriots of the NFL. People, people are so mad and they hate us so much, and it's just so beautiful. It is. I I dreamed of being in this spot. Yep. No, yeah. It doesn't this, really make sense. Before we leave the show today, as we sit here on February the thirteenth, twenty twenty-four, if you had to give me one out of ten, ten being I know for a fact it's going to happen. One being, there's absolutely no possible way. What would you put the number at that the Chiefs become the first team in NFL history to three-peat? Nine. <laughs> Nine! Whoa! Okay! Okay, okay, okay. We kind of mentioned this earlier. I think we talked about how our defense wasn't really actually good last year, and it was amazing this year. Like, I think that effect only gets accentuated this year. I think Jones and Sneed stay. Wow. I think it's too hard to walk away from. I think the Chiefs find a way to work it out. You've seen the rumors that Mahomes is going to restructure his contract. Yep, yep, have. Um, man, if the Chiefs get one wide receiver and and keep this crew around, I just I I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like it it it. it I think they're going to improve. I think as a team, they're going to improve. The NFL is a mess. Like, you know that these one-off games are extremely difficult to win. A lot of times you'll play well and you'll lose. Mm -hmm. um, but, man, I just – I look at Patrick Mahomes as like a super weapon. It's like yeah. you're playing online game and you've got – you're playing Call of Duty online you have auto-aim. Like, we're, yeah. we are hacking. We are hacking yeah. and it's an unfair advantage. I – I don't know, man. He's he's had he's played in the three Super Bowls he's won. Okay, he's had two drives to to close out the game that he's been perfect on. We we're down twenty to ten against the Niners. He hits the wasp drive. He hits the pass to Sammy Watkins down the sideline. We go up twenty four twenty, and then we get that rushing touchdown. Last year, you have I mean, obviously the Tony uh, punt kind of helped us out to get that last touchdown, but I mean. That game was largely a flawless performance from an injured Mahomes. And yeah, this year he's in the game and he gets two perfect drives to win it. It's just so hard to beat a team where you can't give us any opportunity. Like yeah. a lot of teams that have lost in the playoffs have been presented the opportunities the Chiefs have been presented to pull the game back. And they haven't done it. And Chiefs pretty much do it every time. It kind of doesn't make sense. I, I don't know, Jackson. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot to beat them. They're already my pick for next year. I actually have the Chiefs over the Packers wow. in the Super Bowl. Wow. Um, Where did that yeah. come from? I mean, I think the Packers are – look, Jordan Love going into his second year, Packers receiving core is incredibly young. Um, yeah. I think you put that in, con in conjunction with the fact that if you hire a worth-a-shit defensive coordinator – 
and draft okay, I mean, you're going to be dangerous. You're going to be dangerous. And y'all really should have beat the Niners. End of the day. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. And the Super Bowl I think logo it's... is red and green. So Chiefs Packers yes, it is. is in the works. Because you know them Eagles aren't going back. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's in New Orleans, and Lil Wayne's a Packers fan, so he'll do the halftime. I'm all, I'm all on board with all of this. I like the way you're thinking. This is completely yep. Yep. no tinfoil hat at all. This is exactly what's going to happen. I don't even know why the rest of the league's even trying. Um, I'd put it, they go on a three-peat. Uh, my number's at a five, just because of kind of some of the points you made where it's like, the one-off games are so impossible to be consistent in. And, I mean, look, it's hard as hell to win one. It's hard as hell to win two in a row. History of the NFL, no one's ever done it. Of course, you know, there's always going to be a first for everything. But it is hard. And I don't think our defense will be as consistently good as it was last year. It's going to be almost impossible for them to be. Uh, but I think, I mean, obviously they have a fighter's chance. Like, I, they're going to be easily the favorites in the West. Uh, I just think the AFC, man, is going to be tough. Like, Burrow comes back from injury. That's not going to be easy. Baltimore's probably not going anywhere. The Texans with Stroud could be nasty. Like, they could be damn good. I expect Jacksonville to get back and, you know, at least become competent again. Who knows what happens with the Jets and Rodgers, but that could potentially be a team to look out for. Uh, the Bills are obviously going to be there, and I think Jim Harbaugh at least has the Chargers competent. So the AFC is going to be a gauntlet next year. It's going to be tough, but I mean, again, why would you bet against 15 at this point? Even when he loses, it's like Brady. Even when he loses, you'd rather bet on him and go down than bet against him and go down. And so, yeah, I'm not as high as you are right now, but uh, I do think there is a good shot at it happening. I mean, they're bringing back a lot of the core, and let's be honest, like they should be better next year offensively. They, they, they really should be. They should not fall any what so offensively. They should add receiver help. And it should be an improvement next year on the offensive side of the football. Yep. And look, man, I've got pretty strong trust in Brett Veach. Mm -hmm. I just do. I mean, uh, look, nobody's perfect. And I mean, Sky Moore and I'm going to say Meikle Hardman here are proof of that. But if he hits on a wide receiver the way he did with Rashi Rice, you know, or look, maybe they make a move in free agency. No clue how it shapes out. I think with the way the cap situation honestly kind of improves for the Chiefs relative relative to the other competitors, right? Not saying overall, but like the Bills are only getting worse. The the Bengals are only getting, you know, more problematic. The way they're gonna have to pay T. Higgins and then following that up, they're gonna have to pay Jamar and Burrow. I mean, it's not it's not the the, the teams that are in direct competition with the Chiefs, it's only getting harder for them. Like this was the time to beat us. That's why. That's why losing fifty five sucked so much ass. Yeah. Because it was like this is our best shot, and then fifty six was like this is an even better shot. And I don't even think we were wrong to say that. But fifty seven, fifty eight, they just pulled it through. Um, and man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna get six, four, five, six, seven, fucking eight Super Bowls. I have no fucking clue. But. I just don't see us ever going out sorry. I no. love us to return to the AFC Championship for a seventh consecutive time. And, yeah, we just have to roll with the ebbs and flows of the regular season that I think Andy Reid is very clearly sandbagging. Um, yeah. And, yeah. 100%. We even said it, and we just don't listen to ourselves because, obviously, it's an emotional sport, and we 
we lose track of it, but we even said it before the season last year. We don't really give a shit about losing regular season games. Like, as long as you get no. to the postseason healthy, your key guys healthy, that's all that matters. And we said that, and yet we all, of course, you know, as football fans do, we lost sight of that, and we got really pessimistic and pissed off in the regular season. Uh, but it's true. Like, New England had these types of years where they weren't the favorite. They weren't the best team in the NFL. They had struggling regular seasons. But they won it all. They got to the Super Bowl. They got to the playoffs and turned it on. And that's what this new Chief, that's what these Chiefs do. That's what they do. And it's hard to imagine the Chiefs are going to lose six games next year. Like, six yeah. is like the absolute most they're going to lose under Pat. Mm-hmm. The, the Super Bowl 53 and Super Bowl 51 Patriots teams were not, like, considered to be inevitable. No. That's for sure. Not uh, it, you're not always going to be inevitable. Uh-oh. But... Patrick Mahomes, he will be inevitable. That's that's the problem. It's <laughs> a good way to put it. It's a good way to end it. it Patrick Mahomes. It's it's just, it's spoiling. We are spoiled. Patrick Mahomes Fundamentally. is inevitable. That's a good way to end the show yep. because it's the truth. He's Thanos. He's Omar. He's LeBron. He's Jordan. He's Madison Bumgarner in the World Series. <laughs> I, I mean, it, yep. it's fucked up. He plays for our team. It's it's it's, it's amazing. We appreciate everybody listening all NFL season, everyone that tuned in from week one all the way to this past week, Super Bowl, and today. Uh, obviously, Fuck you, Micah. <laughs> obviously, the content changes uh, quite significantly from here. Next week, we'll obviously probably get into uh, NBA, college basketball. You know, the next, like Josh alluded to earlier, the next few weeks are going to be kind of the dead period of the sports season, but then March Madness kicks up, baseball kicks up. We'll be right back at it. Free agency kicks up, all that sort of stuff. I just want to say thank you to everyone who listened all season. We went, for the first time in our show's history, every single week we put out a show, which was impressive, uh, considering how much is going on in everyone's lives. But, uh, yeah, man, what a ride it was and what a a fantastic finish. Yeah, I I can't wait to do it again next year. And if you tailed our locks of the week, you would have made some money. Just saying. As long as you didn't listen to me, you would have been you'd have been making some I, good profit. You were still positive, no? I think I was positive. I think I still ended up on the Yeah, positive. I think you still had a winning record. The competition was just fierce this year. It's it is it is uh, I, it is now time for me to watch hours on hours of draft film just to be wrong yet again. Yeah. We'll see you guys next Man. week. Man.